Well, welcome to the Cup for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay. I'm joined by Eric Stearns, and today we're digging into my message from Sunday, which was on the idea of being led. Um, and being led is not easy. Uh, so both Eric and I will talk about the times where we've had to be led um, and uh, just why that has not gone very well, but yet still been the right thing. And uh, just dig into uh, just kind of one of the stories that got cut for time uh, in the writing of the sermon this week. So let's get into it. That's good. So we should dive into the idea about God leading us and how hard it is for us to be to be led. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was thinking about there that well, as I re-listened to the sermon this week, the one thing I thought about was work. So um I'm an engineer, like everyone knows by now. Um and as an engineer, there's in my department, there'd be 20 of us, but in the in the whole company, there'd be 70. Now there there's probably 90 engineers in the firm or roughly 75 to 90. Okay. Anyway, there's probably 90 engineers and wow. 75 support staff of, of different varying levels, surveyors, sure. or whatever else. But, but anyway, <laughs> being a part of that, it's essentially 90 people who don't like to be led and have um, uh, an opinion and their opinion is always right. And I, I am, I'm not just, I'm, I'm speaking in generalities because I don't want to just throw myself under the bus, but I am right. definitely yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, so it's just funny the the thought of letting go and letting the leaders lead, you know, is not always easy. I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that we're a horribly run company and I, I love working at DGR and it's an excellent right. company. Yeah. But you also have 90 very opinionated people who don't want to be led by anyone. Mm. So it's an interesting dynamic. And so as you were talking about being led, that's what I first came to and how hard it is in our organization to be led or as the leader trying to lead a bunch of alphas. So right. can you imagine what, you know, we're asking God to lead us in this prayer and God's looking at us like, well, then let me, you know, right. and we won't even let him lead us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, we just we always want to cling to our own opinions, our own thoughts, and I'm. This is me. I'm speaking mm-hmm. in, about myself. I don't want to listen to anyone's instruction. Right. This is how yeah. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to fail at it, and then I'll learn. And you know, it's so funny. Like my parents make fun of me all the time about the things that I used to say I was going to do, and now that I'm a parent or or an adult, they're like, "Yeah, I told you," and I was like, "I know." <laughs> I had to learn on my own and fail on my own. Like this right. is just you learn. Yep. But if we would just listen all the heartache we could miss, right? Oh, I know, right? Yeah. And yep. I just, yeah. I remember um, when I was 14, this is somewhat related, somewhat not. I told my dad, my dad made me sign a contract that I would never get married because I was spouting off that I was never going to get married. Now I'm married for 12 years and have three children so i was about to say when did you start dating jenna like when you were 16 eric yep yep, exactly years later Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh so i've struggled with you know listening and being led and allowing others to influence my path so being led by jesus is also not very easy Mm -hmm. so yeah how about being led by for you what is what is that like yeah, no, it's, I mean, even as a pastor, it's super hard. Um, you know, you would think, well, pastors, they've studied the scriptures, they know Jesus better than we do, yada, yada, yada. We don't, by the way. Um, we, we, we're, we're still just human people. 
Um, you know, but yeah, it's just, you feel led in a direction, but, and you know, it's, it's, it's maybe not your idea and, you know, we have some issues with that as pastors. Um, you know, we, we have these gifts of leadership and we have these skills around leadership. We've been affirmed by like, by the, by the time we become pastors, we've been affirmed in our leadership by our home churches, by professors in college and seminary, by other colleagues, by, you know, just uh, in, in all these ways of being told, well, yeah, you're a great leader. You're a great leader. You're a great leader. And then you're like, well, no, I have to follow Jesus. I have to submit. I have to, you know, I have to look for people smarter than I am to say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Do you know how to do this? And that can be so hard. And like the times when I have finally given up control for real to Jesus, gosh, they've just been, you know, just transformational. And it's just like, oh, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be this hard all of the time. Oh, you actually had a good idea, Jesus, that was not my idea and it was way better. Cool, you know, um, just like in just in emphases in ministry, um, just, you know, uh, like I've been uh, talked a while ago about, you know, wanting to launch Breakthrough Prayer and like do this sermon series and a study of the, that accompanies it and just how big of a risk I felt like that was going to be, you know, but then turning that over and saying, you know, Jesus, you know, if this is the right time, let's do this and let's use this and let's go. Um, you know, I've just gotten over the last couple of weeks, I've gotten so much good feedback from people in church with the sermon series. And then just, you know, with the Bible study that's happening alongside of it, um, just, you know, we're having such good conversations and deep conversations. And none of that would have happened if I would not have just said, okay, if this is your time, Jesus, let's do this. If I would have really given up that level of control. Um, I don't like it. It's not natural. It's not comfortable. Um, yeah, one of the stories that was in an earlier version of this sermon um, was about when I was playing high school football. We were playing uh, my senior year. We played nine man ball for the first time in our program's history. Um, and we were doing a thing on defense. We were playing a 33 stack because it's nine man football. Um, and there I was playing nose guard and there was a linebacker that lined up right behind me. And the idea was that I would go one way and he'd go the other way. Um, and he said to me, he's like, do you want me to tell you where to go? And I said, uh, no, I do not want you to tell me where to go. Uh, that's being led and I don't like it. Uh, I didn't say that part of it, but that's that's that was my rationale. And I was like, how how dare you as an underclassman try and tell me where to go? And so I was just like, nope, you tell me where you're going and I'll do what I got to do. And, you know, that, that, that's I mean, that's an uh, that's an important part of communication that has to happen for that type of a defense to work. Um, but it was just that idea of like, I could not allow myself to be led by someone that could probably see things a lot better than I could being, you know, he is an up linebacker and I'm a down nose guard, you know, but just, I couldn't give up that control. I, 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 I took a serious offense to that. Um, but yet, I mean, it ended up being okay. And we backed into the playoffs and then lost in the playoffs, but you know, it's, what could have been, you know, path not taken. If I would have even given up that much control to somebody else, be led that much, what could have been? Knowing that when I let other people lead me, the other people that have the authority and, and, and my best interests at heart, what could have been, you know? Being led is very hard. Um, it, it does well, not align with my skill set very well. Yeah. And it's just hard when when we're like you said you're a great leader you're a good person blah 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 blah. 
you know, you develop that confidence, which we want everyone to have and to be able to be self-sufficient and interdependent and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's so hard when all of a sudden we got to give that up. Um, reading Good to Great by Jim Collins, if you've ever read that book. Yeah. And so the first, you know, I'm only a few chapters into it, but the first one's on, it, well, it's it uh, talks about level five leadership or a leader. The, the leaders of companies that make turn companies into great companies from good companies to great companies and talking about how their ego, their ego is never big. Mm-hmm. They're always humble and always being willing to let others, you know, um, um, play their roles and always pointing to others like, Hey, this company's successful because of them. It's not because of me, you know? And, and I just think about as I was reading that all of the, um, this may be a, a a book that's not supposed to be Christian based or or is not necessarily Christian based, but man, is it Christian based? And right. I know Jim Collins is a is is a Christian and stuff, but mm-hmm. but the ideas are all you know what Jesus is trying to tell us to do. So if we would just listen to him and get out of our own ways and get rid of our egos, what how much greater mm-hmm. how our lives could go from good to great, right? right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think of like other people that have, you know, ideas around the church of what we should be doing, you know, like there, there could be, you know, something behind that, that they've prayed about it. And that, you know, and so my job as a pastor is not to like, then take that upon myself. My job as a pastor is to empower them to say, to give them their initial yes um, you know, and kind of maybe a, a yes and or a yes, but think about this. But, you know, m- you know, my job should be to empower those other people to 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 let my ego say, you know, yeah, I'm the pastor that's appointed to to, to serve here, but and, and lead here and all and all of the things. But part of that is allowing other people to to run and to grow and to do and to, you know, and to and to take real real ownership of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, that giving up control thing is really hard but but it is i mean it's it's beautiful it can be discerning the when to keep control Mm -hmm. and give it up is really hard though too absolutely yes i'm sure everyone has experiences where they gave up control and it didn't turn out well and so then you end up holding on to that control even more Mm -hmm. that's not productive either but you know, those yep. poor experiences tend to push us into a into a place where we don't want to ever give it up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's- yeah. At my first appointment in Brookings, um, we had a lay person get really um, fired up about upward sports. I don't know if you if you're familiar with that program, but it's kind of a Christian based, um, you know, sports program with like basketball and cheerleading and some other stuff happening. And it's really cool. And I had a lay person that wanted to get involved and do that and lead that and whatever. And, you know, my senior pastor and I looked at each other and said, OK, cool, go and, you know, go and do the thing. And that if you, if that, if this is going to go, it's going to go. And then it just didn't and it fell apart and she fell apart and the whole thing fell apart. And then they left the church and it was just like, what could, you know, and then you go back to the drawing board and, you know, as, as the young associate pastor went to my senior pastor and just said, you know, what could we have done differently? How could my leadership have been more, you know, effective in that moment, but yet, you know, still, 
not just take over and do the things. And she's just, you know, there, there's really nothing that we could have done. It just wasn't going to work for whatever, for, for whatever reason. And yeah, but that does that letting go of control and then having it go poorly. It really, really does affect stuff for sure. Plays it with your plays with your mind and, and does convince you that I should just be in control and everyone else can, you know, bend to my will, which that's not my job. That's 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 our job with Jesus rather than my job as pastor. We could we could dig into um how hard it is to uh deal with temptations when it's really easy to ignore God. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And all the things we shouldn't be doing that we still do, even though God's chirping in our ear not to. Right. Our conscience is always there telling us to do something else. And yet that's not easy. Um, Mm -hmm. I totally hear you. Yeah. I had an incident today. I was driving in Sioux Falls. Surprise, surprise that there was something that happened on the road. Um, You know, and I was pulling into a parking lot and there was kind of a, there was a vehicle blocking where I was trying to go. And so I kind of pulled a little bit off to the side to, so that that vehicle could move so I could go where I wanted to go. And another vehicle tried to scoot around me and like cut me off into the, into the way in the parking lot. And so I honked because don't hit me, please. Um, I don't have time to deal with that right now. Don't hit my vehicle. Um, and then we, she ended up pulling, I ended up pulling where I wanted to pull and she pulled into the parking spot right next to me. (laughs) And we went to the same spot. Like we got out of our vehicles and I said nothing. And we got out of our vehicles and started walking in the same direction. And I said nothing. And I was really tempted to just say, you know, that was the most bullcrap, just, you know, exhibition of driving I've ever seen in my life. And you should, you know, really, really, really reevaluate your life choices. Um, Yeah, I was really dealing with the temptation to be as angry as I was. Um, I did not. I was I muttered something under my breath, but I didn't say it to her outright. And I did not say exactly what I wanted to say, because, you know, that's not what we're supposed to do. So the inside things inside. Right. Yes. I did not let the intrusive thoughts win. Um, I I definitely uh, definitely dealt with a little temptation to be um, to to match energies, I guess, is what I'll say. But yeah. It's hard. I mean, and it, and just, you know, I can't tell you how many people on Sunday said, you know, I had one person very sheepishly say, and they, I knew that they were kidding. They're just like, Oh, I never deal with temptation. That message wasn't what I needed to hear today. And mm-hmm. they were joking because, you know, then we went on to have a longer conversation about what they've been tempted by. And just, you know, happens to all of us. I mean, it just happens yes. to all of us. Or you know, I had another person just say, you know, I've just been, I haven't been here for the past couple of weeks. And I have no good excuse or no good reason. I'm just being lazy. And I was like, well, I'm glad you're here today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're glad you're here. You know, she's like, I'm just, I was really tempted to be lazy again. And I was like, I'm glad you're here. You know, just what do you say to that other than, you know, yeah, we deal, we all deal with that. <laughs> Yeah, we do. Thank goodness for grace and mercy, right? Absolutely. Because yeah, we will we will deal with that, and we will give into it. 
yep. from now until we are no longer here. And the only thing we can say to God is thank you because and strive to be better. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's, I, th- I think I may have misspoke at the end of the sermon. Um, Cause I was talking about how, you know, when we, when we do, when we do, when we do resist temptations, we end up stronger in our faith. Um, and I also wanted to, I also kind of wanted to strike at that chord a little bit too. And I think I mentioned, I think I said something, I was, what I was trying to say is that there will be times when we fall short. There'll be times when we do fall into our temptations that we do give into our temptations that we do let the intrusive thoughts win. And I, what I was trying to say, I was like, I was, I was trying to say that I was a hundred percent sure that those things would happen. And what I think I ended up saying was that that's going to be, it's going to happen to us a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully so, not. I hope I didn't say that, but if I did, that's not what I intended to say. Um, now you cleaned it up. Yeah. So I don't know. If, did you hear that at all, or did I? Am I just overthinking? But okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. Perfect. Anyway, it is going to happen. Hundred percent. Absolutely. And. All we can do is ask for forgiveness and be thankful that forgiveness is available to us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And then just, you know, go and be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just, you know, because Jesus has given us the words to say in those moments when we have, you know, when we're dealing with temptation, when we're really tempted, when we're, when we're really struggling, you know, we can say, we can stop and pray and say, God, lead me or lead us, lead, lead. Not in temptation, not into temptation, not into the way that I would lead myself. Lead me as you would have me be led. You now we've we've been given these words and the ability to use them. Right. Yeah. No, no, I think that it's all we can do. Mm-hmm. We're a fallen people, right? Absolutely. Yep. And we're saved by grace. Yep. All there is to it. Yeah. So one of the things that, I mean, um, this, this idea did not come from me. It came from Adam Hamilton. Um, and like he has actually taught his church, uh, the church of the resurrection when they pray the Lord's prayer, they do say, lead us pause, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Like kind of to acknowledge what we're saying when we say lead us not Mm -hmm. into temptation, um, you know, and I, I don't do it nearly as well as he did. And even having explained it, I don't think, I, I don't think that I will teach the congregation how to re-say the Lord's prayer altogether, but you know, does it, does it change anything for you when we, if we were to pray it a little bit slower and a little bit more intentionally to, to, to leave that pause, um, to say, lead us not into, into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, but does, does that change anything for you, Eric? Absolutely. I think I, I really enjoyed um, the discussion on the placement of the comma and what that how that changes the sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it absolutely changes it when you don't just blow through. You know, we've talked about this, especially with the Lord's Prayer. It's so easy to blow through it because we know it by heart. Right. When you intentionally leave that pause, you think about what you're saying, mm-hmm. and maybe you don't. Th- you still don't think about it every time, but. I don't know. For me, it really it it really hit home on what that part of the prayer is really saying. So I I enjoyed that. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. 
So maybe I will rework the slides. We'll just have a slide that says "and lead us," and then I'll I'll make I'll make Scott or Teresa or whoever's running the slides run it, um, push an extra button to get to the rest of the prayer. So easy now. <laughs> okay, what's the worst that could happen? No, no, I I think that makes a lot of sense, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I remember when your for for your first. Sunday at our church and uh you said the Lord's prayer different and like no this isn't how Steve does it (laughs) (laughs) so you already did that to him and now you're gonna go and change it again I don't know if they're gonna be able to handle it (laughs) what did I change to the Lord's prayer just your 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 um pace and 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 oh okay Okay. You know, you gotta, you gotta get used to that style. Yep. Um, and now you're going to go change your style again and we're going to run you out right out of the congregation. It is appointment season. What do we got for next week? Yeah. So next week is the, uh, what's our say again? No, I suppose we're not closing it up yet. Yep. This is, this is the the dramatic conclusion of the Lord's prayer series. Uh, We are, the Sunday before Lent starts next week. Um, so we'll be dealing with the final phrase, which is actually not even in the praise, even in, not even in the prayer that Jesus gave us in the first place. Uh, this is one place where we differ from the Roman Catholics. Uh, when we say the Lord's Prayer, we have this final doxology, this final blessing of uh, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Um, so that is something that is extra, um, that is not a part of what Jesus initially intended. Uh, but that's where we're going to work. That's where we're going to camp out on Sunday. Um, that actually comes from First Chronicles 29, verse 11. So we'll be digging into what was happening in First Chronicles, which was the building of the temple, uh, the the final the final push of uh, David and the Israelites to to raise the funds for the temple, and in response to the faithfulness of the people and the faithfulness of God, uh, this is the phrase that David said, and the early church adopted that um, as a way of just giving more finality to the words of the, of the Lord's prayer of this prayer that Jesus gave us. And so um, that's where it comes from. And that's what we do. We will be digging into its meaning on Sunday. That sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be fun. Great. Well, thanks for joining us in this week's cup for time podcast. Join us again next week at 10 a.m. at the church online for the, for our Facebook live or back here for the podcast next week. Thanks for listening to our cut for time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at 10 o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.